0: watch your communication just on a daily basis and are you communicating to to control and manage or are you communicating to relate?
1: Welcome everybody to the podcast relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Privil Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hey, welcome everybody to this episode of Control Issues. And I have a conversation with a returning guest, Kathy Courtney. And I have done several podcasts with Kathy. Those of you that might know, Difficult Conversations was one of ours, Falling in Love, Circling Techniques for Communication Styles. And I'll reference all of those past podcasts in the show notes. But I really enjoy talking with Kathy and I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about Kathy. Kathy is a relational coach and facilitator. She works with both couples and individuals who are striving to find deeper connection and intimacy, both with themselves and each other. She helps her clients to see the patterns of relating that are holding them back from what they truly desire. Kathy also facilitates the practice of the circling method, where she creates a safe space for people they can stand in their truth and experience what is real for them. Responding to life's call to find truth, Kathy is committed to a mission of helping uplift humanity and develop profound compassion and empathy in the world. And you can find Kathy at her website at kathycourtney.com and I will have links in the show notes. I thought it was a very good conversation in many different realms that we touch upon control issues. You know, we think that we have some communication problems sometimes with our partner or other people, and sometimes the foundation of that is around control issues. Attempts to being right, to win, to have the last say, to prove yourself, and to bring your partner down so that your self-esteem supposedly goes up. Those are some of the underlying patterns that are really the problem in communication styles. And they all are a facet of control in one way or another. So before we get on to the episode and the conversation with Kathy, I do want to tell you that there are still spaces available for my February 13th, Zoom Live Couples Workshop, The Power of Appreciation, The Key to a Deeper Relationship. What better way to spend your Valentine's weekend than connecting with your partner on a deep, appreciative level? So if you want to learn more about the workshop, you can go to my website, prepo.com, and click on Relationships Let's Learn About a page and you can learn more about it and you can also register there. I hope to see you there. Just a few days left for it. Okay, everybody, here we go. My conversation with Kathy, Control Issues. Let's talk about it. Yeah, okay. Hey, Kathy. So you are always game. You are always game for, for <laughs> having this conversation, whatever subject that sounds juicy. So thanks so much.
0: Mm-hmm. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. I think I'm game because I have never had a, a non-alive, non-juicy conversation with you. And um, I I that's food for me so i really appreciate you um bringing me back again
1: yeah great so there's so many places that we can go around control and control in partnerships and control in all kinds of relationships we all know that we grew up in like parent control as a child and what a controlling parent can really do to uh the development of a of a human being so we can go to to many avenues but um I love what you were talking about earlier when we when we started chatting about some of the, the basic and, and going a little bit back from a controlling behavior that we might see. And like, where does that come from? Where does some of the mm. tendencies to need or want to control whether it's conscious or not?
0: Mm. Okay, thanks. Well, I think I, I was saying how there's really obvious overt control, which, you know, we probably resonate with the like, when somebody is really jealous and telling you what you can wear or where you can go, or those sort of overt control patterns. But there's also the covert control patterns, which is more around getting needs met, but not really owning those needs. Um, You could call it sort of a manipulation, manipulating somebody to to fulfill a need. I also think that the way we've been cultured and brought up, we use communication as a means to control as opposed to a means to relate. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's subtle. That can be really subtle. It's, you know, I'm going to say this thing so that you'll see me a certain way. I want you to see me as a helpful, loving, supportive human so I'm going to say things to have, you know, to really affirm that or anchor that. So it's managing, you know, managing somebody else, or I'm going to um, ignore how I really feel and not speak my truth because I want to control the situation to maintain harmony, because when there's harmony, I feel safe. Right. So ultimately when we, when we, peel back the layers of the onion, there's usually some sort of anxiety, some uncomfortable feeling that we're avoiding, um, a fear, you name it. Um, And that's usually underneath some sort of control pattern. Mm. But I think a lot of people don't have the awareness that that's what they're doing until you know, until they really start to d- dive in and do some self-awareness work and often relationship can bring this up when there's, it creates dissonance. Um, so relationship is a great place to look at those things.
1: And I'd like to piggyback off of what you said, because this, this when we think that we're managing like the other person, what you said also is we're, in some way we're managing our own anxiety. That's what we're doing when we're we're controlling, wanting it to go a certain way, to be perceived a certain way. We're doing it to actually manage our own anxiety instead of the opposite would be trusting, trusting in some aspect of our ability to respond, our flow, our communication, trusting that, yeah, we're going to fuck up and make a mistake and we'll move through that. And so there's a lack of trust, more control that comes in.
0: Correct. I mean, there's not a lot of room, maybe more these days, but especially I think, well, I don't know if it's different for men or women, but there's not a lot of room for vulnerability. So for someone to say, oh, when you do that, I notice I feel super vulnerable Mm -hmm. or I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. Or this brings up this thing from the past and I'm noticing I feel dysregulated or just any way of owning what's happening. Um, it's much easier to go to, well, really? You want to go do that? Well, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think you should. Or I, w- I was wanting us to go do this. Let's do that instead. Okay.
1: Yeah. An image of memory just came up for me when, I don't know, I think it was, I was in my late twenties and I, I had this uh, um this fling with a woman and I was in we were in some resort in California and um when when I woke up I looked over um it was a double bed and I looked over and my uh belt was I remember it was on the floor my pants were on the floor and, and the belt was was in a nice little snake you know a neat circle and then my pants were were folded and I freaked, like I was like, "How? what are you messing with my, like, I felt like controlled, you know, by her. And it was a lot, my past trigger, I wasn't aware at that time of my past trigger being controlled by other women. And this woman that just, you know, was getting a know is kind of controlling me. And after we talked, she was like, I was just wanting to make it nice, you know, you look nice when you woke up. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, so. So it's interesting of of where some of that trigger in the person that perceives control that's really also maybe not control and that, that yes you know, for
0: sure and care control mean, it,
1: care and control yeah. Challenge, yeah
0: definitely and i think a lot of that actually stems from um past you know, small traumas, I guess, is as being, uh, depending on how your parents and caregivers treated you, you know, we either react or, um, or move away, like we react to something or we, we are modeled, you know, we do what we were modeled. So if you have one really controlling parent, you may, if you were reacting, you avoid anything that even smells remotely like control you, you know, there's different ways to handle that. You can be evasive, avoidance, whatever, or we could model a controlling parent. Um, so there's usually, you know, that plays a big factor in how we respond to feeling or perceiving control. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the themes you're seeing in some of your clients at the moment around this topic?
1: It's interesting I, you know some of the dynamic of if there's a distancer if one doesn't want to engage stonewalling and so forth then the other partner compensates right so they get a little louder and they their needs and so that person who's now distancing feels the other person is controlling yet <laughs> that person that is pursuing and being aggressive because they're not getting met and they're not getting their needs met think the other person is controlling because they're not engaging and so that you know it's it's convoluted. I see that a lot. I see a convoluted, mm-hmm. like controlling, and the part of well, you're controlling this way. No, well, you're co- I do it because you're controlling this way, as opposed to slowing it down, you know, and taking some ownership and understanding how that feeling of maybe fear is coming up. Uh, if you don't engage with me or talk to me, I fear that our relationship is gonna continue to be distant and and not intimate, and I'll feel uh, continue to feel alone the other person that feels, well, I need to distance because everything that I say, you don't, you discard and you don't really let me have a voice. There's there's less of of that kind of communication exchange. So I'm seeing more of the need to help couples really slow that down to be able to express their needs to be able to be seen and heard that it's not gets into a controlling dynamic. That's codependent and, and chaotic.
0: Mm, yeah. We mentioned, um, withdrawal or withholding. So one partner withholding one pursuing. And, um, yeah, I mean, those are all sort of losing strategies for intimacy. Yeah. Um, and, you know i think that i mean let's face it nobody wants to be controlled um but it's interesting the 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 example you just brought up feels more like an just an attachment based uh dissonance you know one person sort of withholding one pursuing that's such a classic dynamic that that we see in relationships
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: and um it doesn't necessarily strike me as a control pattern but just more like an attachment response to yeah. to intimacy
1: but that gets it, it kind of get bored in uh, what i see that that control the the part that then the person doesn't allow the other person to speak because of years and years of not being engaged so the other person is constantly like dominating to be heard. And so that's yeah. where to me there's like a c- controlling because sometimes that person doesn't back away. They just they yeah. they they feel that they need to uh direct the relationship or connection in a certain way. They know the way yeah. that needs to take place because this other person is doing it wrong. I need to do yeah. it. So
0: yeah.
1: So to that extreme that um attachment dysfunction starts to get to that stream of, of control.
0: Yeah. I think it's really important for people to be able to recognize like when there's upset, so all real, I'm sure you've talked about this before, but all relationship is about, you know, harmony, rupture and repair. And when there's some kind of rupture, what ends up happening is we sort of fall back into our adaptive child responses And none of them actually work to bring back intimacy. So, you know, it's not really our wise adult that's now relating to our partner. It's the adaptive child in us that is responding to, you know, the compromises in childhood, the strategies that we learned to get our needs met and to survive that are no longer actually um, helping us. You know, they don't, (laughs) they're not, they don't help us to have harmonious. Uh, intimate relationships. So I think it's important for people to have a self-awareness of where do I go when I get upset? Where do I go? Um, Maybe I go to control or maybe I go to like unbridled self-expression and like talking, 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 or maybe I go to withdrawal, you know?
1: And that's a big Um, one. Talking, talking, talking is a big one, right? People that are talkaholics are controlling. They're controlling the dynamic of the flow of the conversation, yes. they're not letting the other yeah. person in. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like somebody that's got that unbridled self-expression and just talking. It's they—they're trying to be right. They think they know what's right. They're actually putting themselves a one level up from their partner, thinking they know. And um, it's very—I mean, it's—it's it's mildly abusive. It's—it's <laughs> it's a form of abuse, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I again I think it's really important to have self-awareness as to where do I go when I'm upset? What are my strategies? Um, it's so easy for us to point out at our partner and say, you know, in a heterosexual couple, like, oh, he's he's doing this and this and this to me, and he's controlling me. Um, which may or may not be true but what am i doing what am i doing when things get tense mm. um and bringing self awareness to it and knowing that none of that is actually going to work
1: <laughs> what 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 were you aware of some of, of your own controlling behaviors in relationship that you've shifted in and
0: yeah thank you for the question um you know it's funny mine is is um mine is tricky because I've recently realized that I'm so try to manage harmony in the relationship or anywhere that I've put harmony as an like a very high value um but it's not it's it's more based on taking care of myself than it is on I mean, I want harmony. I, th- I think harmony is a good thing to work toward, but I've been noticing the way that I try to manage it all the time. So one of the ways that it shows up in my relationship is uh, it can be me not speaking what's really true because there's a perceived threat that if I do that, there'll be disharmony and the fear of loss. Um, but it also can show up because I have a blended family and you know, navigating my daughters and my partner and and like feeling constantly in the middle of that and want so much feeling attached to them having harmony. So I notice myself um lose myself a little bit and and start to try to manage all of that. And I cannot tell you how many times I have been it, it never works out. It never <laughs> It's a losing strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm really working at like sitting with the unknown and okay. I, I need to trust that this will work itself out in one way or another, but I don't know. I don't know the right way for it to work out. Hmm. I'm not God. I, I cannot, you know, I, I cannot determine. I cannot see what the right way is. I need to back up, take an eagle's perspective, and trust these individuals involved. And I'm not the, at the center of all of it. Mm-hmm. It's hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It
0: is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I would say. But how about you?
1: Well, I just want to say, like, in some way, so you're learning to manage your anxiety, right? So one aspect of that is the anxiety to want to have harmony. And then when it's not to be able to manage the anxiety, like it's going to be okay. My Mm -hmm. don't need because part, some of mine is similar to, um, I, I got to watch my conjecture. Like if I start conjecturing, then I start controlling the situation. So a conjecture might be of, oh, I got some news. That sounds really kind of bad that I'm going to spend so much time trying to figure out the, the solution and, uh, I just went ahead and caused this problem for this other person. And so I start doing that. So I'm starting to try to control. And even this happened mm-hmm. last night. <laughs> it's mundane, but I'm going to say it anyway. So my my CPA said, go ahead. And I got to send out some 1099s to this one person. And I thought, oh, man, I don't want to have that person, my, my sister-in-law, to go ahead and have to give me her tax ID and so forth. And, and I was like, oh because her mother just died. I don't want her this extra stress. And so in my mind, I'm starting to manage like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I can say that it really wasn't all my sister-in-law that I paid to. Maybe I can say that it was also her son that I paid to and just put it in her account. So I start, I start mm. trying to fix it in, in some non-truths to avoid some of the anxiety. And then last night when I came and I checked and I checked QuickBooks and showed, wait a second, that one payment was actually not categorized to her. It was supposed to be to somebody else. Therefore she's under the threshold. She doesn't have to do anything. There's no 1099. And so I'm thinking, oh my God, I spent all this stress thinking of manipulation and maneuvering to create some harmony. So, yeah. and, and instead of just trusting of like, it'll work out or, yeah. I, you, you know, it's, something will come up and and that came up like it it was a mistake <laughs> instead of yeah. trying to manipulate so some of mine is that aspect of watching my conjecture thinking oh i got to watch and manage the disaster a little bit that's what yeah. i in my mind so i control uh. it control that and and it, and you're right every time that doesn't freaking work it's so much better and so much more alive when i can just be in the flow of like i'm going to just respond to what comes up and i'll i'll deal with what comes up especially if i'm really honest and showing up and not hiding behind some manipulation
0: totally uh, and what's happening in me as i'm hearing you is i mean my own Need to manage the harmony if I really check in. It's about when I was a little girl and my brother and my father were in a lot of conflict and I was really, really scared and I was a little empath, a sponge. And then my mom and dad would get in a fight and I would sit in my room and feel like my world was falling apart because everybody was, you know, violently arguing. And then I would spend a lot of energy trying to keep the harmony. And so, you know, it's, it's an inner child part that gets so scared. And so what I'm working with is, okay, when I'm feeling that way, how can I be with my little girl and remind her like, I'm here for you. It's okay. You know, and to soothe her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, I'm imagining for you too, there's probably a part, of, an inner boy part of you that needed to protect from any...
1: My parents divorce, right? Yeah. That, that battling and yeah. they didn't talk to each other for 15 years. So trying to make harmony. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And if we went, if we dove into, you know, working with couples, let's say, and anybody that has these strategies, you know, to... To go underneath the strategy and to get connect with that, the protector part that's, you know, playing out something to protect the individual. Like, yeah, it's just huge compassion comes up because it's just representing a part of somebody that is feeling frightened or threatened or anxious or.
1: So, because like the extreme that we see in couples around control is around like the controlling partner that's so jealous that controls their communication their other partners communication to friends and checks their phone and so forth and they're really protecting this possible hurt right and they're so they're they're so fearful of some type of hurt coming in that they may have had in the past that they're going to be blindsided by and so forth but you're right that is that protective part of us and if we can just get in touch with the vulnerability of the fear that we have to protect ourselves constantly instead Mm -hmm. of respond as human beings that there is gonna be hurt and that we can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, ultimately it always comes back to that, being able to sit with our own emotions, negative or positive, and really get curious about them. So if you're somebody out there listening who tends to get really jealous and tends to try to control, perhaps you could sit with those feelings and get curious, get curious about yourself. You know, what's really happening here? If I was afraid, what might I be afraid of? And actively sending yourself some love and compassion because those controlling behaviors and patterns are are just not going to work. They're not sustainable. It's not love.
1: And Kathy, what would you give an offering to the other partner, the partner that feels controlled, you know, because some dynamic is it comes out strong, you're controlling and stop controlling me. And they stomp out. But how would you give an offering to somebody who feels that they're controlled to be able to look at that and to communicate, to bring their partner that awareness to come closer to them?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think always the best, the best response is to notice what you feel inside. So if I'm in a place where I'm feeling triggered by the control, it would be best to step back and say, I need some space. I need to just calm myself down. I want to attend to you. I want to get to what's happening here but I just need to like resource myself. Can we come back in like 15 minutes or 20 minutes or something? And, you know, you may say that once and if your partner is in that space of really wanting to control, they may not accept that right away. Mm-hmm. So then it requires you to put up another boundary of no, I really need this. I'm going to, if you don't respect this or give me some space, I'm going to have to, leave, or I'm going to have to go in the other room or something like that. And then you have to really follow through with that. Right. Right. Yeah. It's easy to put up a boundary, but it's really much harder to maintain that. Then I might come back and settle in and say, I notice I feel when you said that I felt really tight or I felt protected. And the story I'm making up about it is that you're trying to control me. And I wonder what's happening for you. Mm -hmm. Can, can we, can we get curious about this? That's what I might suggest. Mm -hmm. How Mm -hmm. do, how do you work with that Preepo? I'd love to hear
1: how you would. I, similar in in that way of, of being able to let that person know that they can put up a boundary. They feel controlled. They can put up a boundary, ask for what they need, but first they have to resource themselves. So they're not blaming and pushing the other person away because the boundary is not to keep the other person out. The boundary is to keep me safe. And mm-hmm. first thing I have to do is resource myself for that. Mm-hmm. Um, And to also look at the intention, like I, I, I get, in my, in my practice, I see more in heterosexual couples, men feeling controlled. Um, I actually see that, you know, like you get angry or upset when I want to do this or do this or do this. And so a lot of the dynamic is this subtle disappointment, a woman's disappointment that a man feels shut down and controlled. Okay, then I can't do that. Instead of him saying, hmm, I'm noticing that you're upset right now with me wanting to go to two concerts this this weekend can you tell me what it is that you're afraid of or that you fear is going to happen instead of the guy says, fine. You know what? You don't, you're always controlling. I never get to do what I want to do like that shutdown instead of coming up with again, curiosity and, and to look underneath the intention. Usually the intention that I, that I see that's underneath is a is woman is actually wanting more connection with her man. She's like saying, Actually, I feel really sad because you're spending more time uh, planning and doing things outside of connection with me. And so I'm missing our connection. Like if they're, when they're able to, to talk about the fear, the feeling of inadequacy, what's, what's the longing and missing underneath and the hurt, then there can be understanding. And that controlling dynamic starts to just kind of just loosen. And-
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that example would be a, a good example of how there may be a subtle manipulation in the, you know, disappointment or the, right. um, and I immediately thought, yeah, there's probably a need there that's not being met. And so, you know, that's really that's really the communication.
1: That's right. Yeah. And to, to communicate the need without the control, to control the other the person feels controlled. You're needy. You're telling me what to do instead of really talking about the need and the desire for the connection and what, mm. if that need is met, what can be felt and occurred. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. people are, are afraid of that kind of open vulnerability. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes I hear they're afraid that their partner just won't care when they tell them what is really going on with that meat. If I really tell you I miss you, I miss our connection. What if you are okay with our this connection? And that what do I do with that? So so they protect in that way.
0: Yeah. For real. Mm-hmm. I mean that in that kind of situation. I often share with people and, and gosh, I, I take this. Advice too that if I'm trying to manage how my partner shows up to fulfill some sort of image or expectation, then I'm not really getting to see how he really wants to show up in an authentic way. And once he's showing up in a really authentic way, I can look at reality. I can be in reality and say, oh, this is amazing. Or this doesn't work for me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then you get to sit with that. But um, I think that if women can learn to speak more directly, of like, "Ouch, that hurts, babe." I don't feel seen, or I don't feel cherished, or I feel that really lonely, and you know, speak more directly to the feeling. Right. I think that they would get a much better response.
1: Yeah, I do too. It will elicit less shame in the man because when there's like a disappointment or a pouting in it, we take that so personally that we are not providing that happiness and we go into that shame, feeling of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. But if it's spoken the way that you did, there's more of kind of leaning in. How can I How can I come towards you and give you what you need instead of I'm just not enough? I don't do it the right way, right? <laughs> You're, you're shaking your head. It's like, yep, yeah, boy, does that come up so much that we do that. It Man, is no, so fast. go we, we go there all the time. We go there so fast. I'm, fine, fine, fine. You know, I'm just not good enough for you. You know, I just can't do anything right.
0: <laughs> such a such a cop out. <laughs> exactly.
1: Isn't that? Isn't that? Yeah.
0: But what I have found in my own relationship is when I can speak more directly, um, my partner just wants nothing more but to, have me feel cherished and have me feel loved and wants to lean in and, Mm. you know, but it's not, it's really not how we've been taught.
1: No. And one thing that we haven't been taught is to be present with somebody's disappointment. And if we can just be present with another person's disappointment, they're not withdrawing all their love. They're not (laughs) leaving to move across country the next day. It, the the part, if we can just be with like, oh, wow, there is sadness, there is disappointment. If I can witness that, there's going to be less anxiety, want to control the situation and make it go a mm-hmm. certain way. So we're not taught to sit in that uh, uncomfortable zone of witnessing somebody's disappointment, hurt, sadness, anger. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. like Yeah, that is a hard one for sure. Yeah. But we can't fulfill everybody's every need. Right. And neither can they ours. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so it is really important to be able to sit with that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some other things um, that you notice other than the more overt control of, you know, you mentioned checking someone's phone and um, saying they can or cannot do something? Oh, actually, as I'm saying that, another thing that came up is usually in those situations, there's that partner that's controlling like that is is holding a power over the other. So they're they're more one up. And sometimes um, if you're in the one down position, the less empowered position, it takes a lot to come up to that level. But that's the first thing that that you have to do. If you're in a relationship where somebody is trying to control you a lot, you need to work on your self-esteem first. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, So if you're listening to this and you're in that position, it's really, you have to sort of pull yourself up from that position and face what you're so afraid of and and find your voice. It's not easy.
1: No, it's not.
0: Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. And so you have to have, there has to be, to change that dynamic, you really have to find a boundary.
1: And feel the worthiness of, of to be able to speak your truth, to, to yeah. know what you feel is true for you and to be able to speak yeah. to it.
0: Yeah. And you don't only really have to find a boundary, but you have to maintain a boundary And you have to have some leverage because nobody really likes to come down from the one-up position to equal or same as. So sometimes the leverage could look like, you know, when you do that, or if you do that, I'm going to um, go into the other room and lock the door, or I'm going to leave the house. Or, you know, if, if some of those things are still not respected, then you have to boost it up like- yeah, I'm going to, you know, as extreme as I'm going to leave you. Mm -hmm. But you've got to, there's sometimes you have to find that kind of leverage to really change that pattern. Yeah.
1: And I think from the other side of that pattern, as you spoke before around the, the power dynamic, I think one way that people can recognize if they're the one who is controlling is to know when they feel power, and the other person feels disempowered, that's, that's not true power. That's not empowerment. That's a controlling no. dynamic. But if through their power, they empower the other person, that's true empowerment, that you're able to do your power. Definitely. So I think a lot of people misconstrue power over somebody as just, you know, in their power. Mm-hmm. I think that's, they, they got to watch if there's a lot of disempowerment that's going on. And usually the mm-hmm. control dynamic in that.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's less likely for the person that's one up to come down from that position than it is for the one that's one down to to get empowered and have a voice and stand up to it. It's more likely that that will happen. Yeah, so that person can it, recognize it, yeah. Yeah, because it feels better. It kind of feels good in a fake sort of way uh, to have that power. But it's not intimacy, and there's no intimacy that comes from that position. Intimacy only comes when I, when we're same as each other. Nobody's got power of anyone, and nobody has power, you know, uh, less power yeah. than yeah. anyone.
1: And you and I are not discounting the the extreme aspects of control around bodily harm and the fear that right that somebody, you know, there are instances of like if they speak up that they're gonna be bodily harm. And so that yes. dynamic is very, very different. That is an aspect of of, of that is not a healthy relationship to, to engage in that, that those aspects of leaving that situation needs to be um, a, a definite option to, to go to.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for bringing that up. In that kind of situation, the person that's you know in harm or been threatened really needs support and needs the right structure in place to be able to leave that situation. Yeah. So I think we're talking outside of that context um yeah. Yeah. where there's no bodily threat of bodily harm or yeah. yeah. yeah, well, what else?
1: Yeah, what else we have maybe a little bit more, a few more minutes of anything come to to your mind, that you want people to to ponder a little bit about some control issues, mm-hmm. control dynamics.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think we all do it. We all try to control and manage, in some ways, either subtle or more overt, and for me the best way that I have dealt with that is presence, a lot of meditation, being able to observe myself, as opposed to always just be in it, like so emotionally um, thrown or triggered into a situation, to be able to really observe what's happening, to slow down, pay attention, and then, you know, for me, a big piece of that, because on the other side of seeing it can be a lot of shame.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, which I don't think is useful either. Um, so I've had to work at, you know, a lot of compassion for myself around that. And always knowing I can course correct. I can own it. I can care for the parts that were scared, I can try to do better, I can catch myself, I can tell on myself, <laughs> you know, all of those things. But sometimes when I have people come to Circling, I, I, I really frame how watch your communication just on a daily basis. And are you communicating to, to control and manage or are you communicating to relate? And if I'm communicating to relate, I'm speaking what's true right now in this moment. And then I'm letting go and I'm opening up to what's true for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm available to, to hold, to receive, to feel whatever comes up for you. And I'm trusting that, you know, there could be differences There could be dissonance. There could be more connection, but there's more truth and there's more of a flow between two individuals. And that's where the juice starts to really happen. That's where like the aliveness and the vitality of relating comes in. And so much more becomes available when we stop trying to manage because when we're managing, it's one little outcome that we perceive as the correct or the safe or the right or the favored approach, but there's so much more available to us that we can't even orchestrate. Right.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's a beautiful uh, synopsis, and especially that part around presence and resourcing ourselves and When you talk about aspects of like meditation, however, people people are so busy and so distracted and going so many different ways that we're not slowing it down. You know, right before I came up to do this podcast with you, right before I was taking something out of the cupboard and a glass jar broke. And real quickly, my mind went to go, are you fucking kidding me? Right now, I gotta deal with this shit right now. And I've been meditating, I've been meditating morning and evening for the last like 10 days straight. And when I just looked at that, I saw, I saw, I, I saw that in my mind's eye. I heard my my voice, and I just took a breath and I looked over. I said, "Hey, hon, do you mind getting this for me? Because I I got to get up to to the podcast with Kathy." And she said, "Of course, hon. Of course, I'll take it." And I looked at, it, I said, "Hey, how, how was that? Was it was that good? Wasn't that good that that response?" She "Yep, yeah, that meditation is really paying off." For <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of a, a, it could be in a controlling response to to, mm. to increase my anxiety, and what little mm. havoc that could have could have just created a little of that scratchy scratchiness in the relationship, which, will, if you have enough of that, is constant tearing apart. So,
0: yeah. oh, well done yeah. to you, for yeah. catching that. What? And it has me it has me want to name that. There's also such a collective stress right now. So in the we're very susceptible to the collective uh, emotions and energy vibration. Yeah. So now at this time that we're in, it is filled with fear and anxiety. So it's more than it's more important than ever to pull yourself away from that and to find joy, meditate, separate yourself out from that take yourself away from the news, yeah. do whatever you can to disengage from the collective fear and anxiety that's going on mm. because it's showing up in relationships Big time. and yeah. And there's a lot of control being asserted out there right now on so many levels, on the level. so much control that's all up. over the world. Yep. All over the world. And it's showing up this, you know, the the divisiveness and the polarization in our own households in our own relationships don't let it do that to you
1: there you go that's right that's right thank you yeah well Kathy before you go though I, do you want to share anything that juicy in in your work that you want people to know and um there the show notes in the beginning for for people and I'm gonna do a little intro about you, but anything that you really want people to know that's going on?
0: Thanks. Um, yes, I, am accepting new clients for both, uh, relationship coaching. So working with couples and also individuals, and then I also have, um, it may be too late by the time this comes out, but I'm offering circling in town. So you can just follow the link on the that's provided in the show notes to my website and you can email me or reach out in any way. and I set up um, complimentary consults just to make sure we're a good fit. And yeah, I welcome I welcome any uh, inquiries and interest.
1: Great. And do you want to just say Thank your website? You. Can you just say, yeah, name? it's
0: kathycourtney.com. So it's c a t h y c o u r t e n a y at gmail.com. Oh, sorry, com is the website, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: on the show notes. Cool,
0: thank you, thank
1: you, Kathy. It's so sweet to see you, and it's been a while, so I'm so appreciative of this connection. And um, we've got to go for a walk or do something besides just this screen,
0: yeah, that would be lovely. Yeah, reach out anytime. And uh, I so appreciate you inviting me. And I hope that this has been helpful and um, in service to to people listening.
1: Mm, I know it will be. Thanks, Kat.
0: Thanks for all you do, Prepo.
1: Relationships. Let's talk about it is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina.
0: For more about licensed counselor Prebo Tablitski, visit prebo.com. Theme music by Adi The Monk.
1: This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice.